Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 200 of the No Podcast. We are no outside food or drink. The Southeast premiere and longest running now. It's official. Our bicentennial. <laughs> uh, we've been running for 200 years, one episode a year. Uh, this is the 200th episode of the No Podcast. At one point, I didn't think we would make it to two, much less 200. So I'm very happy to be here. We'll touch on some of our favorite memories and a couple stats for you here shortly. Uh, tonight in news. Uh, get me uh, 10 cc's of video game stat. Okay. Things are looking dark at the initiative studio, question mark. Could they look perfectly dark? Oh. No 2022 EA Play Live or Live, whatever that is. What is EA Play Live? <laughs> now we get to experience. <laughs> now, now we get to experience EA Play Dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh boo! Uh, well, come on, Cesar. Two hundred episodes in, you got to be used to these. I, uh, I say my bad share of jokes all the time, and that one, sir, that one was bad. It's in the intro. I've got approximately an hour and a half to redeem myself, and <laughs> maybe four more years after this. Uh, more Mario Lego sets. Uh, ID at Xbox. We got some news behind that, and your late March Game Pass games. Once again, for the two hundredth time. I'm Richard Bergman, joined tonight by, for the 80, what'd we, what'd we figure out, uh, young Brant McKee? 80, 85? 80, yeah, 85th, that would be right, the math checks out, 85. But it feels like you've been around way longer. You were a, yeah. a contributor, even, I remember sending you episodes before we even started publishing, so you have been part of the No Podcast DNA from the very beginning. Some pronounce uh, that Dina. Dina? <laughs> mm-hmm. Get the Dina out of him after he EA play dies. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> subtract it out of there. What kind thing. of thing are you doing with my Dina after I die? <laughs> <laughs> then you're gonna EA play live after that live. We're gonna, we're gonna make you live. Clone me. Uh, also joining me from the very beginning. Yes, clone you just for podcasts. Yes. Do what? Clone you just for podcasts, yes. Well, we've got to get those dues somehow, right? <laughs> well, Brant was our best listener. He was our best contributor, and now he's a co-host. So we need more of those. Uh, we need more of those other brands <laughs> that aren't uh, just uh, showing up every Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening to record. We need. We still need those other roles that Brant also, <laughs> the hats he also wore before. Uh, joining me for uh, the 200th episode, and there from the very beginning, Cesar Concepcion the second. Welcome, sir. Hey, I'm here. Maybe. This fever dream brainchild of ours. As uh, four years ago, I did note pre-production, March 10th, 2018, we posted our first episode. I think we had two ready to go because I ended up posting. If you look at iTunes and SoundCloud, you will see number two is our first episode. And then one is after that. And then from there on out, they're numbered correctly. But I've never been able to fix that. We, that also, had the, we also had the lost levels, too. So. I have all those. I still have all those recordings. But yeah. we have been recording podcasts almost weekly for four years. Richard, release the lost level cuts. They're out there, and they're going to be ugly. Release the Richard Birdman cut. Let's go. I don't think they're going to be good. <laughs> uh, we now have 20,100 listens across our four years. So we've crossed. I think that's a pretty important threshold. Thank you to everybody that's still listening and leaving us five stars on iTunes. There hasn't been any in a while, but if you want to jump back in there. Preferably five stars. 
Always five stars. Actually, our ranking is like four and a half. So somebody gave us somebody gave us lower than five at some. Somebody gave us a one. It's like, fine. At least guys. at least leave some comments. Let us know why. But uh, two hundred episodes in. Anybody have any favorite memories or moments or anything that? I'll start. I'll start. I'll jog some memories. So for the um, first, oh god, what was that? That was pre-pandemic that summer. So it's the probably the first two years. Um, we all met myself, Cesar. A uh, friend of the show, Michael, a friend of the show, Russell, they helped us get us get the show up and running. Uh, we would meet at my house on what, Saturday night, then it was Friday night, it moved around. But everybody would drive to my place and we would sit around a table. And we had a we had a Yeti mic in the middle of the table. And that audio quality is still good. There, there was nothing wrong with that capture. And uh, we had we had a splitter that came off the bottom. We all had the headphones so we could hear what was happening and how we sounded and that sort of thing. And I would write out a preamble, and it was a scripted intro instead of that madness that I trip through every week, and that everybody chimes in and, and lays in on me on. Uh, but we've been doing it four years now, and some of my my favorite moments, uh, my favorite joke I think has been the Witcher time that keeps coming up, and it comes from a stream that Cesar and I did, and it just uh, every time I think of it, I just I start dying laughing. It's from the God, that was Tokyo Olympic Games. It was it was a highlight of the Tokyo Olympic Games in 2019. That came out in 2019 <laughs> for the Olympics that were actually held performed. and delayed like two years. Last year. <laughs> we're just in this time warp of Tokyo uh, Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. But just uh, I, I do miss this is convenient as hell. You know, we all come we all get to our computers. We log on. We're done. You guys don't have to do any driving. I don't have to do any driving. We're not doing that preamble, all that stuff. There was a there was a lot more legwork to start off with, and the pandemic kind of pushed us into figuring out this method of recording and posting. We added streaming to it. We've got some streaming issues still, so we haven't really dove back into. We that. added streaming. We removed streaming. <laughs> we had to remove it. It was perfect. We had it perfected for probably a year. Almost had a deal with Netflix that fell through after our <laughs> robotic voice, Richard, uh, came in. <laughs> Uh, friend of the show, Renee, started uh, railing me to all the corporate Netflix overlords and uh, the SoundCloud bosses and all the sponsored podcasts until we could never get on there because Renee was killing us. No, Renee's uh, been a big supporter since Brant dropped the hat and joined the show. So we had to have somebody pick up that pick up that mantle. The one you guys viewer. have a, you you Renee turned into a borderline mod when we when we were streaming. <laughs> he did a lot of checks for us, and he carried the, a lot of the conversations in the chat. That was fun. I, I miss doing that. I want to get back to it, but we got a, we got some troubleshooting to do that nobody honestly nobody has really had time to do. So it just kind of comes uh, down to that. I gave you the answer. We all buy new PCs and just hope the problem goes away. <laughs> sure, let's go. That's the lazy man's method. I don't have time for this. I mean, I tried another PC that I have. <laughs> With lesser specs, and uh, we had other issues before this podcast. But it, that's podcasting. What I figured out with podcasting is it's nonstop troubleshooting and trying to make things work and put out a a fairly decent, listenable product. And I think we have done that. We have yes. done that fairly consistently. I agree. And you, I, I, I almost uh, pod racing jumped in my head when you said that. <laughs> now this that's is pod podcasting. Racing. Yeah. <laughs> Now, this is podcasting. Uh, we've missed some. We've missed a couple episodes. We're almost 
always on every week. Uh, we've missed some episodes for personal things. We've missed some episodes when there were uh, social justice things going on throughout the country where we just didn't feel like it was appropriate to talk video games, uh, even though a break from that probably would have been good. But, it, you know, any distraction from the focus of what was being done and the the attention that was being paid on that would, would have been a distraction, I guess. It was important to to take those lessons in and learn from things going on. So that's really been our only disruptions, I think. Maybe a vacation here and there, but. I mean, you're at 200, and we're at four years from there, so almost exactly. So it's it's not a bad track record. You guys have any favorite memories? Anything that, any great bits or moments that that you look back on fondly after 200 episodes? Mine would be the lost levels where we all brought in our own separate Yetis and try to record it once. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> With so much feedback, and we decided just to go with the one Yeti. Where do we plug these in at? <laughs> We all had our own separate Yeti. It was crazy. I have a picture of that. We all bought them to podcast, and we all got together at the table. We all had three. We had three microphones. (laughs) It was so bad. bad. And we were using a MacBook Air that I had bought from uh, a brand friend of the show, Garfield. And it had it had two gigs of RAM, and it was this old. It was like I think it it wasn't the first model, it was the second model MacBook Air. So it had major lag on recording on Audacity, and we had to figure out Audacity and that kind of stuff. That's back when I used to do show notes and all sorts of stuff that I never got feedback on. So I, I eventually dropped it. It ended up being a stressor. How about you, Brent? I don't know. It was always it was always great to just listen to you guys talk and basically be a fly on the wall to the conversation. Uh, and then now being involved. Um, now you're a fly in the wall. Yes. And now you don't want to listen to the podcast. Now, I'm buzzing, <laughs> now I'm buzzing into the conversation. Uh, uh, and probably one of my favorite things is like. Um, like the time that you in uh, pr- the last time and probably the only time that it'll happen. Uh, for the foreseeable future, when you and Cesar uh, played Double Dragon together, I don't recall this incident. You don't recall that at all, huh? No. And I how must you have blocked it will, from my memory. He will never play Double Dragon with Cesar ever again. <laughs> must be an o- emotional scarring. <laughs> Did that resound with you as a listener? Were, were you on the it, show then? It, no, but it was okay. pretty damn funny. It resounded with you as a listener. To- <laughs> <laughs> Amen. We had some pretty good bits through the years. Yeah. But also never play Double Dragon with Cesar. <laughs> I got many versions of Double Dragon. So. I hope they're all single player. They can be. <laughs> May they all be single player for you, sir. <laughs> and for you alone. <laughs> Make sure you choose option A. Never choose option B. No. <laughs> option B is team killing. <laughs> It's like it's we'll like it. Richard, we'll Richard, Richard, one you day. have to be the one. It's like no, give me the controller. I'm choosing two player option A. I'm not letting you slide down into B. <laughs> That's one of our better bits. One day we will, when we're together streaming against Cesar, and I will play Double Dragon, and I will just kick his ass. I will never try to play the game. I'll just go after Cesar. It'll be total sabotage. I mean, and then we'll, then we'll reach a truce, and then I'll come after you again. And what would you do is wait till I get into the game and we start fighting bosses and just start taking me down with the boss. Turn on you. That would that will be the one that would probably get me like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <a> deal, <bitch. laughs> like, I'm, 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 if I'm sitting there concentrating, laying on somebody, and then you just start laying into me too, and then I'll be like, all right, what's happening? 
when you need me the most, I'm just destroying you. <laughs> the boss is hitting me in the back, and I'm just going after you. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a double dragon betrayal. Uh, Brand, it's been fun seeing you come on. The first episode you came on, we had to have somebody. Yeah, uh, Cesar, Cesar was out. Yeah, he was Cesar out. Was with, out. He was down. Yep, for and some and medical I, reasons. He and I talked about it. He was like, "You've been talking about getting Brand on before. Get him on so you get, so you have content this week because we hadn't. I don't think at that point we had missed a week. You know, get 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 somebody on there. You've been wanting to have him on there. I think he think he knows this stuff. He'd met you before. Yeah, and." You did a great you did a great job for a solo show. It's hard. We wanted to add you probably well before that, but the dialogue is just not as it's not, it's not to me it's not as good of a show with just the two of us. And the premise behind the whole show was Cesar and I had long commutes and we would talk to each other on the phone and it was like, why don't we put this down? Why don't we record this? Somebody might listen to this. I think we've told that before. 200 mm-hmm. episodes you start repeating yourself. But then um you know, it, it's hard with a dialogue. It's just two of us, and we wanted you back the next week. And I think he was he was back the next week. And you, it, it was fun to watch you add more and more. And then you took over news within probably five five episodes, maybe. Yeah, something and, like that. And that has been huge. Uh, adding that in there, and you've added more and more of your spin and your flavor. And it's just been fun to see you because I don't know that you had done podcasting or anything like that before and we we hadn't either but it was fun to see and we weren't these experienced vets we were probably two years in at that point two and a half but it was it it was fun to see you you know as first off as a as a slight contributor and then you know you have your own voice and your own footprint on the show and that that's that's been a fun part for me and we appreciate your contribution as part of the dna of no podcast and soon, like we said, there will be more episodes you were on than ones you weren't on. So, yeah, I just can't believe we haven't passed that yet. It seems, God, we did a lot of those episodes on late nights at my house. <laughs> Golly, three in the morning. Sometimes we'll finish it out in Waffle House. Or that the, or, I miss. That or the occasional Huddle House. Sometimes once or twice. Uh, and then every time we went, we realized we fucked around and shouldn't have gone to Huddle House. <laughs> Oh God! You remember that time the server sat down with us and started telling us her life story, and oh God, it was it was. It was <laughs> so sorry. Look at each other. She was an oversharer, huh? We didn't ask for this. We know it's three in the morning. She was she was going through something because she was like real snippety Aww. with Aww. us, and then she came back like, "All right, look, this is what was happening." I'm like, "Yeah, I, I, I don't know." Everybody has their deals. I want to be that. I don't yeah. be that guy that says something and be like, "You told me to do this. I didn't say shit." <laughs> yeah, I do miss. It's fun being there together and reading, playing off each other, and reading each other. It's it's quicker. This is great. This works the majority of the time, and it's worked for over two years now at this point. But it's always a lot of fun to be together. I would love to do a show, maybe two fifty or something like that, that we can do together. Um, maybe a stream after that or before that, something that we could tie together and just. It's fun. It's different. Cesar can admit it's different when you're all together. And I do miss the late evening. It's like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I'm probably going to play games or go to bed or we could go to Huddle House or Waffle House. Let's do that. (laughs) I could drink some coffee. And that was that was always a good time. Yeah, because I I think for me, whenever I got back home, I always turned on the TV. It was always Grace Under Fire playing on the TV. And I remember (laughs) watching those reruns. We should be able to meet if we end up 
we end up recording here or something, we should be able to go back and eat somewhere in the middle and then disperse from there. Brant, I think you're not too far from being centrally located with us. It's all yeah. highways and interstates just about, so. But uh, congratulations, guys, to 200 and 200 more, 200 after that. Anybody want to slow down? Anybody want to change to bi-weekly? Anybody want to leave? <laughs> the floor is yours. <laughs> nah. Time for me to announce I'm hanging it up. No, this is my last <laughs> no podcast. I made it. <laughs> made it to 200 i'm not going anywhere it's been uh there's been episodes um that were delayed recording because we had stuff to talk about and that's been yeah. an important thing too is having that that weekly check-in of you know especially during quarantine or we weren't able to go do social things we we wanted or needed to do and that sort of thing and this was always a, a way to check in and chat about the things that we wanted to talk about you know you're getting us. I don't think anybody's a character on here. Uh, you're getting us pretty much. So we all, I know you two guys are, are pretty genuine. So raw and uncensored, but always yeah. clothed via SSR's mandate. Yeah, SSR makes us wear clothes. I wish we could should get be, rid of that. For should the be the year. way it should. Yeah, it should always wear clothes. I think the past couple episodes, I've been down to undershirt and you can't see below there. So I'm I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm straddling the line, Cesar. You don't know, man. Oh, no. I know every time you go to the bathroom, so. <laughs> I'm taking off a layer every time. It's like it's like strip podcasting. <laughs> just Unless you got to, unless you're sitting on the buck and just going into it, like, whoa. Like, <laughs> I hear one of your key words. I write down words. I'm like, I know Cesar's going to say this. Uh, and then the next episode, I'm like, all right, I know Brant's going to say this. And you'll see me disappear, take off article clothing, come back, strip <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll prefer the drinking one. That's why we don't stream anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get into this stuff i did all the stats right yes Twenty thousand plays Twenty thousand plays Five thousand listens a year is that math right yeah that's that ain't nothing not better than zero nope we have, a, we have a voice somebody cares i stopped listening a long time ago because i do not like how i sound <laughs> oh welcome to the club i don't listen to myself yeah oof Brand, did you stop listening when you came on, or did you listen to the first couple? I yeah, I listened for like the first, I don't know, five, six episodes or so, and then I eventually fell off because yeah, I mean, I yeah, but I did want to hear how I was, you know, yeah. my cadence and different things and just delivery and whatnot, and kind of be like, eh, well, I should do something different than that, you know. I, should I, try. Think, you're, I yeah. think you're doing fine. Don't look at the iTunes reviews. <laughs> we never we never have any criticism. We, yeah. we have nothing to improve. We've never been criticized. criticized. <laughs> and, and I will tell you, this doing this has helped me a lot with uh I've I've hosted teams meetings with like two hundred and fifty people. So I can do that stuff without skipping a beat now. So Wow. Just a skill from like glancing around the screen and looking at people or just public speaking in front of all those people. I'm just like, whatever, man. Now, when we're broadcast on YouTube, it's like anybody can watch us, and then I, all the fear was yeah. gone after that. So that is a thing. I didn't think mm -hmm. about it that way. Yeah, we were out there. That's that's half the battle, right? Is just putting yourself out there, and we've definitely done that. There's just, just I mean, yeah. After a while, you just become immune. You don't even think about it anymore. I'm just on there, and right. I'm like, all right, this is what you got to do. Blah blah blah. I could have like go after sales at the end of it, and I probably wouldn't even thought anything about it. So. We know make we we know we make good stuff and we're genuine people, so that's gonna 
it's going to add up. It's going to count for something at some point, and we'll just keep plugging away and doing what we love doing. I don't. There's times where I don't feel like I have the energy or, man, I'd rather be doing this or something like that. But as soon as I log in and start talking with y'all and we get warmed up, it's just this is what I want to do. And the, then the time goes away and I glance down. It's like 1030. I'm like, damn, I've been talking games with my friends for two hours. That's not a bad all, way to spend an evening. You can all be playing Elden Ring right now. Joining Cesar in Elden Ring. Yes, he wants us to join him in Elden Ring. Uh, I don't know. I just could be blinded by myself. <laughs> yeah, you can come along if you want. He's thinking about it when he's not playing. Oh man, it's 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 bad. I was up to I'm up, I'm up to three in the morning every day playing it. So, mm. dang, plugging away. I did lose track of time, man. I'm just sitting there like fucking around, like I'll kill one more boss and then I kill like seven more. So I'm like, and then I look at the time, I'm like, damn, it's it's three a.m. I probably should get to bed. I got to go to work in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> that looks a lot of bosses. Ninety well, bosses, you, man. Yeah. You have those speed ninety. Yeah. Yeah, but then you have those speedrunners that like beat it in thirty minutes and then now under thirty minutes and yeah, if you, if you you have to beat at least four the minimum is beat four bosses in the game. That's it. And then you can beat the whole thing. So they're speedrunning that kind of like a Ganon run type deal. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a Breath of the Wall where they were going through like all right, let's what's the minimum I need to do? Right. So. Get good at that. Go to the final boss with. And try to beat him with the bare minimum of whatever you have after those four. Yeah, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard enough just having, like, all the fucking god... I got a god-slaying armor now and a god-slaying sword. I still get my ass handed to me, so I'm like... Not a god uh, yet. I still uh, scream at the TV late at night, like, oh, yeah, that's... That makes sense. (laughs) Fucking bullshit. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's me with a Halo kill from off screen yep. somewhere. Sure, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. I don't get I don't get mad at Halo. Sure. I get mad at that. I've gotten mad at Elden Ring's the one that has my blood boiling, man. There's sometimes where I'm sitting there and I've had I had a coworker literally ask me about it as I was leaving today, and I was like, I installed it. I haven't played it yet. If I haven't done anything in a week, I will bring it into you and let you borrow it and see if it's your cup of tea. Because I don't think he's ever played a Souls game. He's just hearing the talk about it. I was like, it's everybody. I haven't played it in a week. Everybody's like, talking about it. That's the thing yeah. is out there. So, twelve million copies sold. I, did we put that news? Brand is that a news? No, I, ha- I haven't talked about it. But yeah, 12, that's sold 12 million copies. They said they in said what, one million. Weeks? They said one million only in Japan. So they yeah, said that was the most for like a Japanese developed third party game. And did you see in that press release they were saying they want to expand the IP past the game? They want to do like shows and other type things. So that was a pretty cool bit. So sorry, yeah, you well, like that lore in that universe? I don't know. There's not really much lore in there, so. Hmm. I, I was laughing because I watched I watched somebody on YouTube where they said they spoiled themselves and saw the ending. And they're like, I don't know what's going on in the game. And, and they're like, I don't know if I spoiled myself on the ending because it's like, I don't know what was happening in the ending either. I didn't understand <laughs> anything. So, that's, so they're like, they, were, they came to the conclusion that they didn't spoil anything at all because they're looking like, yeah. I don't know what's happening, so. Just looking at it like, sure, <laughs> whatever this I mean, is. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a bunch of pictures of things are happening. I mean, there's. It took. I, I think it took me 50 hours before I figured out what was going on in the game. So now I, I got an idea what's going on with the story. Before then, I was like, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, oh, why I'm doing this for? So probably be me watching one of those Infinity War movies. Like, okay, that's a logical conclusion based off the ones I've seen. That's fine. <laughs> whatever this is, maybe I'll put more pieces together. Uh, let's get into this news. Uh, this comes from The Verge. New video game company aims to develop therapeutic games. Wait, what What have we been doing this whole time? 
I've been using games for therapy since my childhood, I believe. What is this product? Uh, Deep Well Digital Therapeutics will make games first, treatment second. Uh, Devolver Digital founder Mike Wilson is partnering with medical device expert Ryan Douglas to launch Deep Well Digital Therapeutics, a video game company that will both develop games that can treat health conditions. That will both that will both develop games that can treat health conditions. And what else? The article does not say. The company will also help outside companies identify existing games that have therapeutic value, the founders say. I think one of those would be Super Mario World for me personally. I'll recommend that one. Uh, video game-based tools can help with conditions like depression and ADHD. Research shows uh, this company plans to build on those studies. Often a game used as a therapy will be designed as therapy first, was fun or engaging gameplay elements layered on top, he says, but DeepWell wants developers to build games in the most engaging way possible and then go in and check to see how they might help treat health conditions. This is great news, but has this never been an initiative before? No. It's only been a health. It's only been like we fit or something, right? Yeah. It hasn't been from a. You know, of course, you had all that stuff back in the. 90s with you know Mortal Kombat and think of the children and we had to rate the games because it's too violent and violence in video games is going to cause people yeah. to be violent and yeah who who's Even, who's this uh, rap group called Two Live Crew and yeah what type of music videos they're putting out there and parental <laughs> advisory stickers on all the CDs yeah and then we had the ESRP after that after Sega was leading the way with their little rating system they had on boxes mm-hmm. Mature a, 13 MA 13 MA 13 um, the article does note that uh, the FDA approved the first prescription video game cleared to treat kids with ADHD in 2020. What game is that? It doesn't say. <laughs> and they say it also <laughs> cleared a uh, handful of other digital therapeutics. And that's basically what this new company, um, Deepwell, is going to shoot for is... Um, they're going to make games and then <laughs> see how they can apply them to treating a lot of these different medical medical things. They want to go through um, the FDA to get things approved. Um, so I keep I keep thinking about this game that would uh, rewire you, as it were. Everybody played this. It was like early 2000s. It was a flash game. And you use the arrow keys and you very carefully move this character through a maze so you wouldn't hit the edges. And you're super concentrating. Like you would beat a map. Yeah. And then you'd guide that thing back through some other. It was slightly more complicated. And it, it got you to the point where you were super focused. And on like the fourth or fifth screen as you're staring at that thing, you know, like super focused in there, there's this ring type <laughs> demon girl character that like screams at you and is like, ah! in your face as you're as you're concentrating on that thing that is not what they're going for in this article but i was thinking about uh games that you will play that uh mess with your brain i guess totally the opposite of what they're going with yeah and the the whole reason they want to go through the fda um is because you know they want it to be approved and show that it's just as good as some of these other different therapeutics out there you know they and of course they do say you know while they're looking to help and have this as another tool for treatment of course it does not substitute for therapists psychologists and things 
but it, it can be a tool along it, the lines of other media, music, yeah. movies. Yeah, I could see that being a big thing. It's definitely cool. I think uh, I think Journey would be an impactful media to use for individuals uh, grieving or. I think Journey has a bunch of different uses that it could be. It could be used for. What would be another one? What would be another therapeutic title. Um, I think of like those. Um, oh gosh, what is that like? Um, you played a played a lot. Was it Luminous or something like that? Oh yeah. Where it's yeah, just the the, the colors and rhythms with the and music sounds. and the rhythm, yeah, yeah. So Mario Paint, just a maybe a more I don't know if leisure is the type term, but just something. I don't even you know can, if like casuals the term. I mean, it's there's it's, yeah, it's a whole nother market, but they're they're onto something for sure. Yeah, what's that? Uh, flower, flower, same that company game? as Journey. Yeah. They have a mobile game. We were in on. I got a beta invite. It's the only code I've ever been sent as a no podcast member. We got in on the the test flight for Sky before it came out on iOS, and I because I had told them, you know, I have Apple TV and iPad and iOS and all that stuff. And uh, we played a little bit of it. I I can't remember if we talked about it on the show or not. I think it had a that might have been my only NDA also. So. I don't know. There, there definitely could be some uses for. Well, I mean, you all did have an NDA with uh, with that Halo experience. We did. We could, there were certain details we couldn't talk about. And how many times did they rewrite Infinite after we went to that? That Halo NDA is no longer valid. Nope. Spill the beans, boys. That was fun as shit. I'll go back and do that again. Maybe more local, but we had a good time just packing onto the plane and <laughs> me and Russell were near each other. We couldn't connect to Cesar via ad hoc on Mario Kart for some reason. He's only like eight rows up. It's like, why won't we connect? <laughs> I got somebody else's channel. <laughs> oh man. We had the best Cuban coffee we ever had in our lives at that, uh, Orlando airport. The show was so fucking good. We walked everywhere. I was so tired when we came back. How yeah, long ago was walking, that? Walking all the way to the hotel, man. That was a, the killer thing with the blue bags and everything. Yeah, twenty nine. That was three years ago. Mm-hmm. Damn. Did everything on a budget, man. Spirit Airlines is no longer going to exist anymore. So. Yeah, because our flight was like sixty bucks round trip. It was not bad. We got down there and just hoofed it. What was the What was the hotel like? Twenty bucks or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. I think we paid more for the freaking Uber from the airport than anything else. That was our most expensive purchase, and we had them take us to Shoney's. <laughs> driver <laughs> driver take us to show Richard was like holy shit there's a Shoney's we're going to Shoney's <laughs> gotta go we got that breakfast buffet and we destroyed it <laughs> then we walked to the hotel they wouldn't let us check in because it was too early we had to walk back to the the convention center I miss those man let's go to let's go to the next time it's safe to go to one let's go to one of those uh, like the Atlanta one you and I did and canvassed and handed out our stickers <laughs> Remember, remember we were there for the Halo, but they were also doing Destiny that weekend down there, too. Remember, it was across the road. Oh, man, that was good times. Yeah, because uh, Bungie was also there, too. So, All right, is there anything else to add to that? Games for therapy. Hope we hear more about this. Yeah. I would like something marketed that uh, 
I think VR experiences can be this as well. That I think maybe they're leading the way. There's a bunch of like nature and just like super calm things that you can look at. I actually think there's an app called Calm, especially specifically on Oculus, that you can. Hmm. It's just like nature scenes and 360, like looking around, and that could be a good use of this therapeutic thing because it takes you out of it takes you out of the real world, and you know, therapy's different for everybody. So, look forward to more stuff from Deepwell. Oh, God, here we go. Videogameschronicle.com. Insiders describe Fast and Furious exits from Xbox's Perfect Dark Studio. As much as half of the core development team have quit in the past year, initiative management says it's confident in its team. Xbox's The Initiative Studio has seen a Fast and Furious wave of senior departures in the last 12 months. As much as half of the core development team, known to be working on the upcoming Perfect Dark reboot, quit the company during the last year. Or around 36 people, analysis of employee LinkedIn profiles has revealed. Oh, so they did a deep dive into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that includes most of the initiative's senior design team, including game director, lead level designer, principal world builder, and two senior system designers, which consisted of a group of three former God of War designers. Yikes. The turnover doesn't end in design. Perfect Dark's two most senior writers also recently quit, along with the project's technical director, tech art director, lead gameplay engineer, lead animator, QA lead, and more. Okay, who's left? Who's making this game? (laughs) Crystal Dynamics. Good grief. Yeah. Yes, I think that's how the thing finishes up. Uh, According to LinkedIn, the initiative's now less than 50 people. Uh, It currently has just three roles advertised on its website. Analysis suggests it hired around 12 people in the last 12 months. The timing of the departures coincides with the September 2021 announcement that Crystal Dynamics has been signed to co-develop Perfect Dark. This combined with the few job roles currently advertised at the initiative suggests that the Tomb Raider developer is likely taking a much stronger lead than first thought on the project. Um, I thought there was a big caveat, a big thing about the third person. Like, Essentially, it seems like Crystal Dynamics kind of soft rebooted the game when they came in. Yeah. And that was against what uh, the initiative had initially. Initially, yeah. the 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 next part is they they interviewed the former senior developers, and they cited a lack of creative autonomy uh, and slow development progress for the reasons for departure. And described uh, it doesn't a, sound promising. A wave of exits, yeah, as fast and furious with project momentum uh, said to be heavily affected. One person said, making games is hard enough, let alone when you feel like you can't get through to people making the decisions that affect everyone. Yikes. And that's the thing is when you're, when you're owned technically by an Xbox or a Sony or whoever, a Nintendo, and they come in and they see what you've done, if they don't like it, they can bring in another team or bring in somebody else and have them head the project. Yeah, but you're still there. You know, we're not kicking you off the project, but, you know, they're kind of going to take the reins a little bit. And, you know, a lot of people that leaves a a sour taste in their mouth. You know, you've been working hard to develop and create and make this project your own. And then they come in and go, no, we're not we're not going to use any of that. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. So. And with an IP that like I, I have a strong connection to it, but I also know. Man, because I <laughs> I bought a 360 for that Perfect Dark Zero Fun, as I refer to it as. 
as famously <laughs> referenced on this podcast. And I sold it within six months after that because it was such a letdown for me. I was like, this is not perfect arc. It didn't have that DNA. So honestly, that perfect arc legacy to me is a is a 64 game. So you're God, what is that? Three generations since that was a you know a legitimate franchise, a who else are they playing to outside of nostalgia for well i guess we are the perfect age group for that the you know we had in we had in 64s as youngsters uh we were disappointed by the xbox 361 so this this can be a redemption as far as that goes and it's an ip they've been sitting on so why not try to do something with it but um this goes two ways. This eventually ends up being nothing, or uh, there's a great story later on about how this amazing game went through all this turmoil and ended up being a masterpiece. So then they then they uh, delay co-op <laughs> till the end of season two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until until uh, second quarter, and then they come back and like, nah, we'll, we're gonna delay it again. To be fair, all Perfect Dark games have launched with co-op. Unless you did not have the expansion pack in your N64, and then you had a bullshit version of Perfect Dark. There is a recent Video Game History Foundation episode. Uh, It's not with somebody who worked with Rare, but it's kind of like the web's de facto Perfect Dark expert, and there's some very... (laughs) I I don't know. I was surprised, too. It's like, well, this guy didn't work at Rare, but he's done all the It's going to be like a Ready Player One's going to be the guy who brought the coffee to everybody in the office. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) That's who they chose to interview, but he had all sorts of insightful stuff about. You can st- you can still be uh yeah intelligent on a subject and not uh, be there. I mean, there's a whole reason why historians exist. So, and the Jason Triers of the world who talk to all the developers and they get exit interviews from studios and they find out the bits and pieces of development and and that's hard, man, because you got to interview so many people and then put and then put it together and figure out what's true and what was uh bias and you know yeah decide what was you know, rumor and, you know, that's a hard job, man. This may be more common knowledge, but, uh, like GoldenEye, the game came out well after the movie. It was delayed so long and it really sold poorly to start with. And then it was word of mouth, like, okay, multiplayer, we could, this is a thing. And then it it took off from there. Yeah. And by then, uh, rare had visited the set of tomorrow never dies, I believe. And they were sort Mm -hmm. of like, we did a bond game. We don't really want to do anything with the bond license. And then it went to EA and they made that title and it just, they were never really, they wanted to outdo bond with perfect dark and do more of the ideas that they wanted to do. And I think, I mean, in, in the pop culture, you know, golden is this huge thing, but anybody that I talked to that played both heavily prefers perfect darks options and yes. all the things you could do in there. And uh, people forget the counter operative mode. You didn't have to play co-op. Somebody could spawn as the enemy and try to kill the player. And if they died, they would just be somebody further back and try to come get them. And man, it had all kinds of crazy shit. It was, we were playing. Uh, I remember one of my best friends at the time got a PS2. And when we got tired of NBA street, we went back to Perfect Dark, which we had been playing the previous year, and it just uh, it still holds up. And that that port that's on Rare Replay and on Xbox Live is incredible. It's yeah. very very good, and it gives me high hopes for that. Didn't they use that same engine for the GoldenEye port? If we ever do get that GoldenEye port, which is still heavily rumored, it, that it would run as well as that one does. 
Uh, go check this article on VideoGamesChronicle.com. They've at the very bottom they have made a list of all the people that have left amongst uh, design, writers, programming, production, art. It is a huge percentage of the staff, and that does not look promising. Man, they got a lot of people from Naughty Dog and Insomniac, Treyarch. There's a there was quite a pedigree working on this perfect yeah. dark game. So we'll see what that is when it's ready to be seen. Somebody tell me about EA Play Dead. <laughs> so EA Play Live is usually the show that we see before E3, kind of like the pregame deal. When it's alive. When it's alive. Uh, and this year they have said that there will be no EA Play Live. Um and there's a quote, we we love EA Play Live. It is our way of connecting with our players and sharing what's new with, uh, with all of you. Um, however, this year, things aren't lining up to show you everything on that date. Uh, we have exciting things happening in our world-class studios, and this year we'll reveal much more about <laughs> these projects uh, when the time is right for each of them. We look forward to spending time with you throughout the year. So sorry, Brent. We have world class studios. We just can't show world one thing. Class. There's, we, yeah. nothing. <laughs> There's nothing. You know, I mean, gosh, what what? You have all your sports titles, which is, yeah. in my opinion, it's important to trot your athlete out there and drum up all your differences, your your hit stick and your uh, audibles and whatever else you're going to call. And correct me if I'm wrong, but FIFA has. Like when I was in retail, it was mad and mad and mad and mad. Yeah. FIFA has become is FIFA now more with their ultimate there. team? Yeah. yeah. But they may not aren't they wasn't that the big thing? Was this year they're probably gonna change that name and they're dropping it supposedly. So maybe that's still in the works. <laughs> maybe they haven't figured that out. So uh, I, what I get from EA is they don't want to pay all that money for FIFA anymore, is basically what they're saying. That FIFA name. Uh, saw somebody say that was going to be uh, John Madden's football as well. It was just going to be a soccer <laughs> athlete on the front. <laughs> keep the, keep go. Well, I guess you don't trot your athlete out there because Madden is on the cover of this one, right? Hasn't yeah. that already been announced? The recently um, lost John Madden a couple months ago, and they're going to honor him. So maybe you don't do that, but this EA Play Live is not always the show for us, but I do think it's an important. <laughs> oh dear God, Cesar's messing with himself. Uh, I I do think like it's that. important. Two headed Cesar. Two headed Cesar. For our non, well, we're not streaming it anyway, so this is just bad radio. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Brant and I are having to having to look at a two headed Cesar and one this of his. This works perfectly that way. When I go to the restroom, it's like I never left. He's just there, and he's like shocked. Here. He's shocked and surprised. Um, but EA is one of your largest third-party publishers, right? They're not as prominent as they were so many years ago. They're not in the power to kill the Dreamcast by not signing onto their platform, that sort of thing. But they still release some huge franchises. And as this article points out from Sour Mono, you got Dead Space coming up, um, Grid Legends. Oh no, this this included the announcements last year. 
Yeah. So you had a new grid game announced last year and Dead Space announced last year, and you could get a Dead Space. I thought we were going to get it. We talked, what did we talk about this last week, two weeks ago? Yeah. Like, we're definitely seeing some Dead Space footage at E3. So maybe that's just at somebody else's show at this point. Yeah. I guess it's not, you know, EA doesn't have to have their own thing. They have partners in the platform holders and PC and, oh God, a stadium or, or to do some sort of show at the same time, that sort of thing. They could. And I mean, they don't, they're not exclusively developing Star Wars stuff anymore, but right, they do still have some Star Wars titles coming out. We know that they're doing another Fallen Order title. That's Respawn, right? Um, Respawn's doing one yeah. of those. Yeah. Um, I need mean, ba- Battlefield we get, like kind Star of fell flat. Game. Yeah. We got that coming up. But yeah, Battlefield kind of fell flat. So I mean, unless they're going to talk about updates for that and and fixing that. So, but it is kind of crazy that they have they'll they'll have absolutely nothing. But yeah, and Battlefield needs. Battlefield needs that reboot. Yeah. They need that 2.0 release of, okay, we've listened to everything, but I mean, is that, I want to say that can be in a different announcement, but when yeah. you have the whole, you know, E3 is not what it used to be. We'll admit that, but it is still the time when non-games, even now more so non-games journalism will pay attention to the gaming industry. You're going to get Newsweek articles. You're going to get e-online articles. You're going to get, Entertainment Weekly. You're going to get those that sort of press during E3 week because they know when that you know when that stuff's going on, and you don't have those bits of press that would release outside of the three of us knowing what's going to be announced. That sort of thing. I don't know. It's it's a major player bowing out almost. So yeah, but I mean maybe they've been hit hard by the pandemic too. E3 hasn't really announced what they're gonna do as far as a show. Um, E3 I mean, was I, was E3 all digital this year? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hold on, Brent. Cesar has a question. We was see you E3 had always here. digital this year. He's number one. Yeah, um, I couldn't remember because some people are selling some people are selling passes. There's a live pass to something. It might not be E3. Well, I, I know they're doing Gamescom is going to be live. Tokyo Game Show is going to be live. Yeah. E3, they can't remember. They were like, oh, it's still up in the air. Yeah. The live thing. Which doesn't change us. We were watching stuff digitally anyways, except Cesar was going to go out that first year. They they pushed it back. All right. More to come. I'll tell you what we are going to get. Yes, what's that? More Legos based on Mario characters. How have I not seen this? My kids are going to go crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a Princess Peach Mario uh, Lego set. Uh, these are the same like that, that Mario characters of... with the, the <laughs> LCD screens on them. And... Yeah. That picture of looks like she's screaming for help. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of does. <laughs> like, Get me out of this Lego thing. I just saw the like, Luigi's Mansion stuff at Walmart this past weekend, and I was like, it was the Shaq and Cat gif. I was like, oh. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> I saw every set there, too. They had the basic one with the the lab and the poltergust. Then they had like a the opening of the mansion with a bunch of the ghosts and stuff, and I was just like, oh, gosh, this is uh, very soon we'll be adding those to our collection. 
the kids love building these. I've talked about this on the show, right? With like the interactive instructions on the iPad. And yeah, yes. these are, these are incredible and they love building them. And they're, you have, so the way the Mario ones work if you, is you have these like QR codes on blocks and you can, you can build the one that it comes with, but then you also have all these extra pieces where you could build your own levels. Mm-hmm. So as he, basically the QR codes are just bits of the level that you build. So if he starts here, then he can jump on a Goomba who has a code and there's there's other things that they can interact with and add coins and all that kind of stuff. And it just, it's awesome. And they love it. And they'll make these expansive things with lava and uh, they've got a kit that like uh, a bridge swirls around. So they'll flick it as hard as they can and try to get Mario to time. You know, it's just made up. It's a made up thing. And I, I had really wish they had something like this when we were younger. When I wasn't playing Mario games, I would be looking out the window of the car, like pretending to hold a controller and jump across power lines and trees and stuff like that. And mm. it seems like this is like the the met, <laughs> the physical bit of of that sort of craziness that I had. But this looks really cool. I'll let you continue, Brian. Uh, they do note not much has changed uh, with the addition of Peach, um, but there are slight differences uh true to form uh she's she she's pink she's taller than mario <laughs> she's pink uh does she float a little bit and when she jumps she floats a little bit and then drops <laughs> she should she uh <laughs> she'll have her own unique voice lines uh sound effects when playing through uh modular uh, lego courses uh to get the interactive figure you'll need to buy the adventures with peach starter course which is about sixty dollars um, similar to the Mario and Luigi starter courses. And then they have a bunch of extra things, I believe. Oh my, um, look at that castle. Oh my. Some new kits. Uh, the flagship of those expansion kits. <laughs> long-awaited Mushroom Kingdom. Peach's Castle. It looks like the which, N64 castle with the yeah. stained glass and everything. <laughs> which is $130. <laughs> This is, I, <laughs> but it looks really cool. That sounds pricey. This is. Oh, I dropped for a minute. Am I here? I hear you, but you did drop for a second. <sighs> yeah, and my screen went blank. I was like, "Oh crap!" Um, this it's premium, even though it says one thirty. Like these are high quality Legos when you get them. These interactive Legos, they're really really cool. What happened? Nothing. You're just frozen now, but we can I'm, hear you and everything. I'm totally frozen. You're totally frozen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you're good though. We can hear you. So just yeah. okay, yeah. Just roll with it. Just roll with it until you see me again. Wonder what uh, happened. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I can't. I can't hear it from here. But it was storming earlier, so I don't know Could if that. those thunderstorms have picked back up or what. Um, along the uh, including. Updates. Let's see. Goomba shoe expansion. There's no picture of that. I want to see no. that. Unless that's Before, it way over there to the left. Is that yellow pipe the Goomba shoe? It doesn't look like a shoe. No, that's no, that's got to be a little pipe. Is that it? The third from the right with the pink on top with the Goomba hiding in it? That doesn't look like a shoe either. No. But that's $9.99 uh, Fuzzy Flippers expansion set <laughs> for $24. Uh, Yoshi's Gift House expansion is $30. Cat Peach Suit 
and the oh, Frozen hell. Tower expansion. I was about oh, to say that's hell. that's the one I heard uh, when I was reading this article earlier. I'm like, I, I, it, when his kids see that, they're gonna want the oh, cat hell. peach. Damn cat peach, and, cat <laughs> and that's eighty. <laughs> of course, it has to be one yeah. of the bit, more expensive oh, things. Uh, and the big spikes uh, cloud top challenge expansion for seventy dollars. And they note that they're compatible with everything. So basically you have a Super Mario Lego app and inside the app you have like the different things you can build. And there's the 3D instructions to walk you through if you get stuck where the pieces are, that sort of thing. It's way more interactive than the little maps. My kids call them maps, the paper instructions that we would get and have to build from. They mentioned in here that it's backwards compatible, so they all work with each other. And uh, this is hot off the heels of Luigi's Mansion, which just came out. So that's yeah. pretty cool. They're they're sticking with this. Must be must be a good seller, or they're just like, hey, Richard's gonna buy this one too, so we can keep <laughs> we can keep releasing these. Vote with your wallet, right, Cesar? Always. <laughs> uh, next up, IGN says everything we saw at the ID at Xbox event. I did not watch or hear anything about this. Was there any big? Not either. Immortality, an interactive movie trilogy from Sam Barlow. Flintlock, the Siege of Dawn. Cursed to Golf. Escape Academy. <laughs> Whale <So>, Fall. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of these. They're just they're these you know quirky indie titles. The biggest thing is a lot of these are um, going to be released. You know, Game Pass Day One. Yeah. Um, They've been focusing on a lot of those. Um, Immortality. They it'll be out this summer. Xbox um, Series systems, I guess. It just says S, X and S. So I'm guessing. Who knows anymore? Yeah. So many different versions of everything. Uh, Flintlock. It's worse than I ever remember it, to be honest. Flintlock is more of a like uh, action RPG is what it looks like. Um, and that one's going to be sometime this year as well. Uh, this one actually says uh, it's got to be Series SX and it says uh, Xbox One as well. And this will be day one, I'm guessing, um, Game Pass there. Curse to Golf is the <laughs> very quirky... They they won't they didn't call it a roguelike they called it a golf like game. Uh, the graphics look like Cave Story. Yeah, it it looks like Cave Story or like Splunky kind of deal. Um, you're battling bosses and you're playing golf to get out of uh, purgatory and get back to the land of the living. So it's a that's all rounds of golf in my opinion. And it, they have like these weird crazy <laughs> <laughs> these weird crazy power ups and stuff. It, it actually if you get a chance watch this trailer it actually it looks kind of interesting. Was this your game of the show, Brent? Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> were you uh, were you cursed to golf or were you golf to curse? <laughs> Cursing at golf, yeah. Yes. Uh, Escape Academy. Uh, it's a like a co-op um, or solo. Uh, you could let's see, go through dozens of escape rooms. Uh, that one's to be announced. It'll be on consoles. Whalefall. Um, this is a combination SRPG, JRPG. I'm trying to watch this video now because I'm interested by this description. Uh, says it takes 
uh, inspiration from Lord of the Rings, Suikoden, and Final Fantasy. Go on. Um, and it's about these giant whales that are above the sky, and then one of these nations starts shooting them down and causes a big war. Uh, this is still to be announced as far as uh, date release, uh, but it is going to come to your consoles. WrestleQuest. The whales. Uh, sorry, Brant. The whales look like the windfish. Is that a is that a lore thing? Like a flying whale? Is that a thing behind some sort of know. folklore or something? Not that I'm aware of. Because they make them look like the windfish. Um. Uh, what was it? WrestleQuest. Wrestle. Wrestle quest um this is where you embark on a quest to become a world famous wrestler and uh have like (laughs) macho man randy savage and andre to the giant uh help you along the quest becoming your uh this legendary wrestler uh tunic uh with we've seen that a couple of times that's the kind of zelda-esque um dungeon game Yeah, the isometric style game with the little fox. And it's out now. I was going to say, it's already out um, on the consoles there. Uh, and it's on Game Pass. Uh, Crusader out. Kings 3. Uh, <laughs> this uh, has a little video as well. Uh, it's like a T-Pain on there. T-Pain yeah. uh, wearing a Pope hat. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty entertaining little little video. Uh, I, I see that. This, I thought that I thought they attached the wrong video to no. this link. <laughs> no, no, it's it's pretty funny. He talks about because um, it's one of those like world sim things. He's a king in his own country, and he wants to divorce his wife, and but her <laughs> her brother is like the uh, some nobleman in France or something like that, and so he just creates his own religion uh, where he can divorce and marry whoever he wants and then that starts a war and sounds like king james it's uh it's or it's king an Richard. interesting it's an interesting little video to watch what we do uh trek to yomi which we actually talked about last week um and awesome still don't have a date on it but we know it'll be um coming on to xbox there and then they just have a few other things that were announced uh, there is no light. Uh, Void train. Chinatown detective agency. Uh, Rolling thunder. Um, Beacon pines. Kraken <laughs> academy. All right, all right. Hold on, hold on, Brent. What? You're gonna read the rest of these. We're all gonna imagine them as Destiny Two expansions. Ready? So, Brent, <laughs> you have to read. You have to read each one, but you have to say Destiny Two and then read the thing after. The- so I have to say Destiny 2, Kraken Academy? Yeah. <laughs> Fellow Traveler. That works. There's Travelers in Destiny. Uh, Shredders, uh, which is like the... It's the new uh, snowboarding game. It's kind of like I this. I thought that was a prequel to the Calabunga Collection. No, no. We were going to learn about all the Shredders. This is hopefully a uh, spiritual successor to like 1080 snowboarding or something like that. Is it by that Giles Gobart guy? Uh, actually, I don't remember. Well, I guess we'll learn in a minute. I know that that's actually on uh, our Game Pass story in a second. Oh. Um, Destiny 2. Lost Edelons. 
Those were in Final Fantasy IX, right? Weren't those the summons in Final Fantasy IX? Eidolons? Eidolons? I don't remember. All right, next up is Destiny 2 Paradise Killer. <laughs> Paradise Killer. <laughs> Which is you know, already a um, PC game. It's This is the uh, Xbox version. From which Double is available Travel. now. Uh, Clash Artifacts of Chaos. Floppy Nights. <laughs> Destiny 2. <laughs> sounds weird. Uh, and Citizen Sleeper. Floppy Nights has to be rabbits in uh, Coats of Armor. Right? I'm, I'm interested now. I'm going to look up Floppy Nights. From Rose Game. City Games. Floppy Nights. Yeah, make sure you put in game. Yeah, I'm putting yeah, I'm putting in Rose City City Nights. <laughs> it's got to be rabbits, man. What else I, could it be? This is vaguely familiar because I think I, I saw somebody online where they were told they were going to do something called backrooms and VR chat, but they didn't get the VR chat and they just Google backrooms and they're like, oh dear God, what am I? <laughs> and they were like, it's like I'm gonna have to scrub my uh, internet history real quick. And it's like and they told them don't Google backrooms. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have done that on the work computer. Because he was like, uh, yeah, she's like, Backrooms and VR chat. It's like, oh, I didn't hear the VR chat part. Because he was trying to, he thought Backrooms was a game or something like that. He's like, I guess I'm going to go Backrooms real quick. Well, <laughs> VR chat's probably still not that great either. Probably close to a regular Backroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> the... All right, Brandon, what are we doing in Floppy Nights? Uh, it's a turn-based tactics meets card game strategy. That's exactly what I predicted. I'm right again. <laughs> A fresh take on two familiar genres. Is there rabbits in there anywhere? Uh, it looks like potted plants uh, uh, and some... Rabbits. Uh, mushrooms. What else is floppy? Cabbages. Name something floppy that's not know. a rabbit. I'd say, I would... I, you think of big floppy ears like a... Like a beagle has floppy ears, a rabbit okay. has floppy ears. Yeah. All right, so we need floppy-eared animals to be into the floppy nights. All right, guess... those are all your Xbox Indie Showcase. I never saw this anywhere until the news. Was this not advertised by them? Or I heard, well, I we heard about them? it. Yeah, okay. I heard about it, and then I forgot about it, and then I saw all the announcements go up on um, on Twitter about what was shown off. I missed something, man. I wasn't tuning in in this one because I think the last couple ones, it was the show was just way too long. So I was always like, I just give me the highlights in the end. So yeah, just get the news brief. I don't think that this one wasn't as long. I think they went through and had their time with each developing studio, but because I I tuned in just for a second, I think uh, was it Andrea Renee was the one hosting it. So oh, I see. I follow her on everything too. I would have thought I would have seen some announcement there. She did yeah. a good job. Wow, from the couple minutes that I saw, yeah. So, yeah, she's a great presenter and host. I can't really say I saw the whole thing, so I don't want to. Yeah, it was literally an hour before the show that I looked up the article and watched all the videos and stuff. So oh, it's cool. This idea at Xbox is their indie show, and it's cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, always down for an indie showcase. I just did not see it coming, or I would have paid attention to it. And putting those guys on uh, Game Pass gives them a very decent platform. Oh, to... yeah. I remember Shredders now. Sorry, Brant. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. I'm going to try out Shredders. I remember when they showed this off before. It does look good. Like a SSX-style game. Yeah. 
That is out tomorrow as of this recording. March 17th. Uh, In your hands by the time this goes up. It will be. Wrapping up news coming soon to Xbox Game Pass. And I've been trying, well, I've been wanting to try out F1 2021. I just didn't want to buy it. Uh, Coming soon, Shredders to cloud, PC, and Xbox uh, series consoles. There we go. I talked a couple weeks ago about when was the last time we had like an exclusive series console Xbox game. Shredders Mm -hmm. is one of them. Not available. No. Also jump in on Xbox One and other devices you already own with cloud gaming via Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate. So this is one of those where you can only stream it on the last gen systems. The Dungeon of Nahobuch, the Amulet of Chaos. Tainted Grail. Zero Escape, the Nonary Games. I know these are well received. Uh, I'll take uh, 80s bands for 500. <laughs> the ones I <laughs> Tainted Grail Conquest, Zero Escape, Nonary Games. Uh, Norco probably still fits. Nah, that might be like 90s. We might be getting grungy with Norco. Uh, F1 2021. You do not have to play the previous ones to understand the story behind this one. You sure? I mean, it's like at least 100 years of that shit, right? <laughs> at least 100, 100 years of F1. Ever since uh, Henry Ford invented the F1. <laughs> Shortly after, uh, the license, the video game license for the F1 franchise was wrapped up by... <laughs> it's what he did. So he made the automobile. He's like, no, I got to make this into a marketable thing. In, yeah. As a racing series, mostly in Europe. There's this company called Matchbox that had just been making matchboxes, and they're like, what do we do? We have all this metal. What do we do with all this metal? <laughs> it's very metal. And it's the Hot Wheels lore. Uh, I hear this game is really good. Uh, that same podcast I mentioned in, I guess it was pre-production, uh, one of the hosts really, really enjoys the F1 titles, and apparently this one did not come out very hot, and recent patches and fixes have made this a very good F1 title. And I think it uses high frame rate and that sort of thing for the next-gen consoles, I believe. Uh, But that's via EA Play. You're also getting Crusader Kings 3. The T-Pain game. On Series X and T-Pain. The T-Pain game. (laughs) Watch the commercial first with T-Pain. See if it's your kind of game. The T-Pain. This is what's messing with me. I'm getting this nonstop Windows security thing. Let me see if I can fix this real quick. Your Windows is not secure. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's trying to take me down. Misleading. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a bit torrent. <laughs> oh, some video game soundtrack I downloaded. I'll fix it later. Uh, Weird West coming to cloud console on PC March 31st. Dark fantasy reimagining of the Wild West where lawmen and gunslingers share the frontier with fantastical creatures, each playing with their own rules Just and their own peculiar motives. <laughs> Uh, Xbox, Apple, PC had a major update. They highlight some features, including app navigation updates and performance fit indicators. There's a new performance fit indicator to check and see if a game will run on your PC before installing. That's helpful. How long until that Game Pass console streaming thing comes to PC and opens that door for people? Wait, right? what? Probably so you can, you can get an Xbox One game, right? You can mm-hmm. get an Xbox mm-hmm. One system with a great internet connection and play... Series X versions of games streamed to you with Game Pass Ultimate. Yes. How long until PC has that same sort of? That's why I want to double check. Uh, I've been doing it this whole time. I play Tunic streaming. So. Is it the PC. same? 
Is it the same fidelity as you would have gotten on your native Series X? I don't know, because... Um, you would think if your PC is powerful enough, it, it should be. But if it's streaming, it doesn't matter what you have. You just need that window to, you know, RDP to whatever Series X you're streaming from. Yeah. I don't know. I just know I can do it the whole time. So, because I played Tunic streaming on PC, so. And it played well. Plays fine. Uh, DLC and game updates. Lawn Wing Simulator gives you Dino Safari. What am I even reading? Uh, touch controls got added to a bunch of games. Among Us, Katamari Damacy Reroll, Lumines Remastered. Paparazzi. Let's go, Katamari. I love that Lumines port too. Paparazzi, Rubber Bandits, Spelunky Dose, Telling Lies, Undungeon, and Young Souls. Leaving Game Pass, always important, March 31st. Madden NFL 20. How will we get our Madden? <laughs> How will we get two years old Madden? Yeah. Uh, Narita I mean, Boy. Was that the last time Patrick Mahomes won in a Super Bowl? He lost the next one and didn't attend the next one after that. Shadow Warrior 2, which is weird considering there's a new Shadow Warrior coming out or already out. Shadow Warrior 3 is the one that just came out on PlayStation yeah. now. But there's a 4 coming out, right? Or is 3 the new one? No, 3 no, is the, the one that one. co-launched with the... 3 yeah. is the new 4. That's what you're thinking about. <laughs> How could I confuse it? 30 is the new 40. <laughs> uh, and leaving... 40 is the new 30. And leaving Game Pass on April 11th. Is <laughs> what did you say? 30 is the new 40? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, it feels like it, doesn't I'm it? I'm 35. Uh, sure leaving... some 40-year-old is going to come around and just punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> leaving Game Pass April 11th is, of course, uh, I'm not making this up, Destiny 2, Beyond Light, Shadow Keep, and Forsaken. No. So th- is that four games? <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I don't know how many games you would consider It's that. Destiny 2 and three specific expansions, three I guess. Beyond Light, Shadow Keep, and Forsaken. So you did you get the other one? Like, Taken King? No, Taken King was from the first one. Are those all the Destiny 2 expansions? I think Except so, Except for the yeah. newest one? Yeah. All right. Pulling back now. There's your news. I have no long. I have no clue how long the show is now that we've accidentally split this up into two recording segments. I'm gonna try to get through way. mine pretty quick. Uh, played some more Halo, of course, uh, with both of you guys Saturday night as we usually do. Another Saturday um, night. Saturday night Halo. I love it. Uh, we do some big team battle. Chaos ensues. Do we have any highlights from Saturday? Anything crazy happen? We won more games. We won a lot more games. Uh, Brant got booted. Brant's still having issues. Brant, I would almost delete that thing and re-download it. It's almost like it's cursed somehow. I don't yeah, we saw it. you left and never came back. Yeah. I texted him like, what happened? But then we played Monday, and you never yeah. got booted Monday, did you? No. I did mm. when I wasn't playing with you. But w- the whole time we played, it was completely fine. And Brant, what happened Monday when you and I played oh. for exactly an hour? Holy hell. Me and you went on a winning streak. <laughs> we never lost the whole we hour. We never lost. I think there was one game where, like, I got a pretty d- bad score, and there was one game you got a bad score, but there was no time ever that we ever lost, and f- consistently, both me and you were, like, 1-2. One, 1-2, one one of us. Yep. 
and we each had one round where we we came in negative instead of positive yeah. on kills to death, but we won every single round. That was a that was a uh, positive Halo experience. <laughs> and then we played. That's then we like, played that's later the part that the best night. experience I ever heard. Even I'm not even part of it. And that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> An hour, man. We probably played. Yeah. Brand, what was that? Seven or eight games. We never lost. Yeah. We won every single one of them. And I did found this out. This is important for all of us. While that um, what is it? Tactical Slayer with all the with the two bullshit weapons included. Yeah. The Mangler counts. The crappy shotgun looking thing. Yeah. Two body shots counts for a kill. Yeah. So all those. T- you knew this. I. I figured it out a little later once okay, we okay. once we continued playing i was about to say brent you've been holding out on us come on yeah, he's man. a he's a he kung fu panda he, he figured yeah, it out <laughs> but two of the kills from that mangler which i hate playing with that thing even though we have decent rounds but two body shots yeah i'll do that all day and, and no no, no. keep keep talking shit about it remember you got to talk you got to talk bad right. about the weapon and the uh and the map was that the first did. round we played? <laughs> no, that was like we the were, second. We were second shitting round. on it. Yeah. We were we were talking about how much we hated tactical on Behemoth with pistols, and then pistols just overall pistols on tactical is just pistols suck. It was horrible, and then the very next game, Behemoth, Behemoth. with pistols, pistols, <laughs> and we were like, oh man, this is going to be trash. We proceeded to run that we map. Fucking pistols went off. <laughs> We went off. <laughs> we were both like, I w- what was it like eighteen and, or nineteen and eight or eighteen and se- or nineteen and seven or something. We both just absolutely did work. I think you started off seven and one, and it's like, why did why wait? Why did we hate this before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all it's all different until you start winning, right? I know. <laughs> then it's like, I hope we get that again. <laughs> it was night and day from how we really experienced that map. They kept, it's like they kept traveling around. They wanted yeah. to stay by the towers. That was the round where they stayed by the towers yeah. and we figured it out. So once you, if you snuck in from either side and you were ready to go, you were popping it. They were always by each other. So you almost always had a double kill with those Cesar Vitas to play Halo Infinite. We almost always had a chance for a double kill with them staying by the towers by each other. We had good teammates too, because they would mark, they yeah. would mark where they were headed to and all that kind of stuff. But I've, man, I've never. A whole a whole hour of never losing. I was like, we are Halo gods. But then we jumped on later that night and <laughs> proceeded to have horrible games. <laughs> Massacred. Yeah. Going, oh, one more game. Oh, one more game. Yeah, the freaks come out at night when you uh, start getting your ass handed to you. <laughs> yeah, that was because you're playing the you're playing uh, Europe on that point. So yeah. that's when we did our next win. Next one we leave. Next one yeah. we leave, and nobody. Or Brent, Brent, you dropped on one of those. So it was yeah, like, we got to get Brent back on in. We got to win. Because you you went off on that one that you got dropped on. You didn't want to leave on that. Ugh. Yep. So it's still it's still dicey performance That, that was wise. another one. Like, yeah, we were, it, we got Manglers. And we're like, oh, this is going to suck. And then just I started doing so good. And then it dropped me. It was, that like was, seven, on, um, it was like 17 and 4. And then it dropped me. <laughs> and you got dropped. But you were in the party still. So it was just yeah. Halo. Um, that was on streets. That was the one with the arcade, and I love yeah. that map. That map That's is so good. good. There's so many ups and downs on that one. Great places to to you know post up and advance, and places you can flank, and places where you're susceptible. And it's just it's a it's a that's an awesome awesome map. I love that one, and I love is it Aquarius that has like the space station, but the green shit 
growing yeah. everywhere, and I Age like that Aquarius. one a lot. Um, Bizarre is good. They're they're all pretty good depending on the mode. So I'm yeah. definitely excited to see what these new ones are going to be too. Um, outside of that, I have not played any more Horizon, so I'm still stuck where I was mentioning with you guys with that Corruptor, where I thought I could get past it, and it's going to make me kill it to advance the story, which kind of sucks. So I think what I'm going to end up doing is just kind of teleporting backwards and buying a bunch more uh, potions and then just having those on hand. Or I'll knock down the difficulty level, one of the two. Uh, I played a good bit more Chrono Trigger on my 2DS. Um... I completed the Millennial Fair. I got Chrono, Chrono, the thing that Luke is showing off, sent him back in time, and he's chasing Marley. And we learn that the queen has disappeared in this medieval time. Chrono's suddenly in this land he, that's familiar, but it's not quite right. Um, but the, the kingdom has recovered the queen, and you find out that it's Marley. And then Luca shows up. She follows you back in time, and it ends up being that Marley's actually Princess Nadia, who's a descendant of the queen that they're looking for. And so that sends you off on a whole nother adventure. And I just, I've played this bit of this game multiple times over 25 or 30 years. I remember being on a wait list at Funko Land for Chrono Trigger <laughs> for $29.99. And I thought, oh my God, I'm spending so much money on a Super Nintendo game. How could I do this? And I did the same thing with Earthbound for $29.99. I was just on a waiting list until somebody traded it in. But, um... I've played these parts so many times and I, I always forget how smart the writing is. Like you meet, you meet Prince, you meet Marley, who's Princess Nadia. And she's, she's trying to pretend she's the queen. And she's like, let me speak to him in private. And she like, she snickers and the, the Sprite like, you know, wrinkles up and laughs and you see he, he written above there. And there's just so much detail in like the writing and the, the story behind the characters and, um, you know, when you first start off the game, you're at the Millennial Fair. Millennial, is it Millennial? Millennial Fair. And Leanne's Bell is like this iconic thing, and that's where you meet Marley at. And then when you go back in time, the guy's building the bell. Like, these these stories are just woven through all these different timelines and stuff. And uh, uh, Chrono gets, uh, when he when he saves the, the where Princess Nadia, Marley, goes back to his time. He gets tried and convicted. You have to break out of the prison. You fight a dragon tank, which I remember my first playthrough. I could never beat the dragon tank. And I'm I'm steamrolling this game right now. I don't know if it's just repetition or, you know, I know how to take these things out. And and uh, Chrono Trigger is a – it has an ATB, but you can either set it as, like, active or wait. And I, I always choose wait because I like to think about my moves, that kind of thing. And it will treat it more as a Final Fantasy game. So you can take your time to, to figure out what you want to do with your characters. And – uh, elements are a big key in this RPG. So uh, there's like robots that are not susceptible to fire or wind or something like that. So you have to physically attack them and, and vice versa for different types of enemies. Uh, I think one of the one of the key features of Chrono, Chrono Trigger's battle system, and I don't think I've seen this in anything else, is you can build off of other uh, players' specials. So you have techs, which use MP. So you have HP and MP. And everybody has it. It's not like somebody's just a magician or somebody's a healer or a sorcerer or something like that. And as they level up their abilities, they also intertwine with other characters that are in your party. So you may have Marley that uses uh, Aurora, which heals people. And then Chrono has uh, Whirl, which is like a sword type attack that he uses. 
but both of them together is like uh, Aura Whirl, which he heals everybody with. So there's all these combinations between the the party members, and it's just it's evolving as you go, and you're jumping between these timelines and such. And so now I'm in the I'm in the future. Uh, I know I'm gonna get the character Robo, but I'm not quite to him yet. And this future area has domes, so it's the same map, but you're seeing all these different timelines. So I was in the I was in the it's like the Middle Ages, and then I went to the past ages. And then back to the Middle Ages, got tried, broke out of there, had to escape from people trying to chase me down and jumped ahead to the future. So it's the same map, but like the town is now a dome where people have to grow their own food inside this dome because everything's run down. The robots took over and you're you're traversing the same areas, but the maps don't look the same. And there's always some other malevolent factor affecting that timeline whether it be a corruption or the robots, something like that. And it just, the music's incredible. The battle system's great. Um, it's very straightforward. I was talking about Legend of Dragoon, like it was just this comfort, straightforward, you know, you understood what the battle system was like. You understood your weapon. I love an RPG where you can go into a shop and you see a sword and it's like, you can buy the sword. It's going to increase your attack by five, you know? And it's not a guessing game as to min-maxing or anything like that. And it's just, it's been so much fun. That 2DS is an awesome machine. I talked about it last week. It's become more comfortable to hold. Um, I played a little bit more Ocarina of Time. Did I mention starting that last week? Mm. I don't know if this is going to be a serious playthrough, but I got through the Deku Tree this on this playthrough. And I've always enjoyed the 3D on that game. It just, it really popped and all that kind of thing. And on the 2DS, it just looks like a, like a GameCube game. Like it's a portable GameCube. Yeah. And on that screen, it's just like, damn, this looks good. I had always thought that I was kind of losing out by not playing the 3D builds of these games. And that is not the case. These are gorgeous games outside of that 3D mode. So a 2DS, the 2DS is not a slight on any of that console's library or, um, the DS library, if you play those back, they're beautiful, that kind of thing. Which I'm playing the DS build of Chrono Trigger. I love that one because there's a map on the bottom screen. And I can tell where I'm going and where I've been. And as a friend of the show, Russell, will tell you, I get lost in my own museum. So it's very helpful to know where where I've... And it fills in the map on the bottom. So it'll tell you where you're going, that sort of thing. And where, where you've filled in and seen that area. Uh, so Chrono Trigger's great. Um, Ocarina of Time plays really well. My youngest watched me beat the uh, Queen Goma in the Deco Tree, the first like boss that you fight. Um, I let her run around a little bit, just kind of hacking the bushes, and and then she was like, "What do we do in here?" I was like, "The boss is in here, but you have to like look up, and then the boss will come down, and then you can fight the boss." Oh, I can do that. And so uh, <laughs> she she was running around and looked up. You know, I, I showed her the view button, you know, click view on there and then kind of tilt the tilt the 2DS up. So you're moving your camera with the gyro controls, which makes the yeah. slingshot and the bow and arrow and all that. It makes it amazing. I played Breath of the Wild like that. It was that's the way to go with those games. I love it. And uh, so you look up there and Queen Goma's like, <laughs> like creaking around on the top. Uh, Brent, you just played Majora's Mask. So yeah. I know you know a bunch of this type stuff and drops down. And then you hear the do 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 like the boss thing, the intro, and uh, she hands me back the 2DS like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want, I don't want to play that thing. You fight that thing, and you know, I 
I've been beating that ball since 1999. So um, it was, you know, quick and easy. Like, this is what happens. And then you get the backstory for the the creation of the Triforce and what's happening here. And they're, I think they're going to become Zelda fans. I don't know if this was the first Zelda game I would introduce them to, but I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be Zelda fans. They already identify with the characters and they recognize the artwork and that kind of stuff. So, oh God, we're getting on 10 o'clock. Um, Halo and Chrono Trigger on 2DS via the DS backwards compatibility. Those are my games. And a little bit of Ocarina of Time. All right. So for me this week, mine was easy. As, uh, I guess I've only been playing Elden Ring. So More Elden um, Ring! 65 hours into it i found myself i mentioned earlier in, in this episode where i've been playing till like three in the morning not noticing it's three in the morning so sign of a, that's a sign of a good game uh it's usually just one more area for me to do and one more thing for me to do and going around the map and talking to various npcs and there was an npc i missed that apparently i, I advanced too far in the game and they died and i was like oh that sucks so i never got to do that quest so, uh, there does they can do like that to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I, they, I didn't even know they were there cause it was hidden deep in the cave. I was like, fuck, I, I, when I finally went through the cave and I was like, they were already dead. So, um, I mean, but there's so many different NPCs in that game. So, but uh, I've gotten the habit of, uh, I think I not dying too often. So I usually after maybe four or five deaths on the boss, I figure out the pattern and I go through it and I beat it. So. Like I said, I'm right. I'm right at the end. I'm. I've gotten to the point where I can access the final area, and and there is like just one more thing you need to do, and I have to go to the frost, the mountaintops for the frost giants, and and find some fire for story quest, and then after that, I get access to the final area, which is just the ending of the game. I think there's like six different endings for the game. I know. I think two of them are trophy related. So I think there's a bad ending, and then there's a good ending. I think uh, the good ending is like um, there's a Ronnie the Witch, who I've been, she helps give you your first summon in the game. And so I've kind of did, I'm working on the quest for her still. So apparently if you complete that quest, it's the best ending of the game. So, hmm. but yeah, nothing too much to add outside of, uh, I've still been messing around with Symphony tonight. I beat that for the fourth time and now I'm beating it for the fifth time. I think for the final trophy <laughs> is you have to type in Richter's name and beat the whole game with Richter. So yeah. I'm halfway through that now. So. It's on sale right now too on PlayStation for like three ninety nine for that combo. Yeah. That's a hell of a deal. Get get that if you haven't. I think I paid two or three times more than that, and it was still worth it. I did with the physical copy, so I paid mm-hmm. hundred times more than that. So <laughs> hundred times more than four dollars. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's it for me this week. I'll let Bram finish up. So, uh, aside from Halo with Richard, I really haven't done much. Um. I kind of played around with um, a couple uh, Game Boy Advance games. Um, Played a little bit of uh, Kirby's uh, Nightmare in Dreamland. It's a good one. Uh, Yeah, it is. Is that a remake? Is that Mm. a remake of the first one? I don't know. It's its own game? That was what the second appearance of Meta Knight, right? After the I, superstars, I, I thought I was like I reimagining. So. Okay, I, I need to try that one out. It's it's a good game. Probably short, uh, right? Uh, I I don't know. I I remember 
I played it on my um, little flash card over here, my EZ flash. Easy uh, and I think I remember it only being like a seven megabyte game or something like that. It's not a very large game. So, um, and then I got to looking at some of those uh, games that you know just looked way too good for being a Game Boy Advance game. So I, I looked and you know I saw the Spyro games, and then I kind of gravita- gravitated toward. Um, the Crash Bandicoot games, because yeah, I love Crash Bandicoot, and I know I've got, I think it's um, one of the kart racing games for Crash Bandicoot on the Game Boy Advance, and that thing's actually really good. Solid kart racer. Um, but I uh, I booted up what is it, Crash Bandicoot, the huge adventure. Um, and this Ooh. is, um. Uh, Cortex, you know, back on his same old stuff. Um, you got to go back. The Bowser you, of Crash Bandicoot. You got to go through the levels and collect the crystals. This is very much um, designed around like uh, Crash Bandicoot warped um, style and layout. Um, the like level selection is the exact same. It's you know that hub in the in the uh, in the center and there's like five buttons uh in each level it seems like there's going to be maybe four or five levels or something like that and you've got to you know advance through those and do each five stages on those Mm -hmm. and then fight the boss uh i've gone through two uh almost all the way through the third uh part and the first one was uh dingo dial then it was uh, of course uh, engine, and now it's uh, going to be tiny. Uh, the this game is actually really freaking good. If it's you look solid, at, huh? If if you look it up, I mean it's it's a solid two D platformer, and they're using that same the same like shading tricks and stuff to make the sprites and everything look three uh, D. Are you they, playing this on your alternate storefront? Card. No, it's not. Well, it's no. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm playing it off the flash card, <laughs> if that's what you're asking. Okay. I'm playing a backup. It's not my backup, but it's somebody's backup. I sound like you were playing one of the PlayStation ones when we heard you playing. That's it. the thing. That's that's what I was playing. It's got uh, a bunch of the same music. It's made. Uh, it was uh, made by Vicarious Visions. It so does look like warped. I see him with the <laughs> scuba thing. It's good. There are that's that is the one thing is a lot of the le- levels are about the same. You'll have a water level. You'll have kind of the jungle level. You'll have the ice level where you run through and do a little bit of platforming and then you jump down and get chased toward the camera. Here's the um, ice man. He's on a bear. And the ice man's chasing. Yeah. Um, so you get a lot of the same things. They do change it up a little. Um, the controls are tight. Um those, you know, running toward the camera actually works pretty dang good on there. Um, they have a few of those levels where you uh, you fly around. Because uh, from Warped, Crash actually got in like a little biplane and flew around this, you know, open area and shot down blimps. In this game, they put Crash in the air with like a uh, jetpack on. And he's got like a little 
uh, laser gun. And you can fly around the map kind of uh, like Space Harrier style and shoot down enemies and stuff. And it actually works really well. Damn. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I'm probably going to just keep playing, um, and try and, uh, try and beat it and see what else. Cause I don't know if Vicarious Visions continued playing or continued, uh, to make these. I know they made a f- few more of these, but, uh, Vicarious Visions. Yeah. It says, uh, they got a 80 or. Let's see, seventy-eight on uh, Metacritic. Ninety-four percent liked this video game. Google users. This is and it came out uh, in two thousand two. But that was another golden age. We didn't know how good we had it. And there were so many more of those because I know what was it like those Spyro games and. So those, the, uh, those isometric 3D Spyro games, when I saw those and knew that was Game Boy Advance hardware, I could not believe it. I was like, holy shit. And what, wasn't I talking to you and you said like the, the Tony Hawk games were actually really pretty decent on there that too? That launch title, Tony Hawk 2, people still rave about. That is like how to do portable handheld uh, Tony Hawk is that second one. Well, so. with, with that tech, you know. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't have a, a whole bunch of Game Boy Advance games. I had a you know a good handful and solid titles that you know I like I played over and over and over as a kid. But Rain going Man back good. Yeah. I, w- I was so excited for the GBA. I know Cesar picked up a bunch of those launch titles. But that and I just found that Nintendo Power that I poured over. I I, I might frame this one. I loved it so much. I looked over every single one of those screens. Castlevania, Rayman, Super Mario Advance 2 Tony Hawk, the Konami Crazy Racers, uh, F-Zero. I was just like, and gold, they were showing off Golden Sun, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh yeah, I have to have that one of these things. It was 90 bucks or 100. Wasn't the, wasn't the GBA sub 100 when it came out? That or 119, I can't remember. It wasn't expensive. It was no. definitely obtainable. Cause I got it. I got it when Mario Kart came out. And that was the that was the kicker for me, and I had saved up enough. That was a golden age, boys. I know that's part of our one of our favorite eras, but that's it might nine, be my number one. Nine ninety nine. It launched at nine ninety nine. Crazy. Hundred bucks is crazy. And games were thirty. Uh, I want to say twenty or yeah. thirty. Yeah, your say, first party Nintendo games were twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. But yeah, going back and looking through some of these games, there was a lot of good, good games. Good collections. We got NES games we we hadn't had in years. We got a Fantasy Star collection. We got two F Zero games. That's our last F Zero titles. Until Nintendo Switch Online. Do, when do we count those? Are the, do those count as anything? That's not just, a new F-Zero, I mean, right? Yeah, re-releases, those aren't really... But we, we we give them half credit for that, right? For making it playable again? Yeah, I guess. For not having to have an N64? <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Playing around with some, some GBA games, and then, yeah, playing some Halo with, with you guys. That's about it. Halo continues to be fun. I... It may so, seem simple. It is not the deepest game in the world. Uh, I'm not that great at it. I look forward to those Saturday nights with everybody so much. You guys have no idea. 
I love Saturday Night Halo. It is, I legit look forward to it the entire week. And it's hard to log off. It's pure exhaustion that makes me quit playing Saturday because there's always people <laughs> on. So, all right, is that it? We brought us home. Yeah, that's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for episode, episode 200. Episode 200 of the No Podcast. Here's to 200 more and 200 after that and whatever becomes of this show. But uh, I've enjoyed the ride so far and I look forward to what we do in the future. And uh, we enjoyed having you this week as with the previous 159 weeks. And we'll see you next 199. Why not make it 159? Your math's a little off there. Yeah, 160. What was happening there? Uh, Thank you for totally tripped over that. Thank you for joining us for the this week and the past 199 weeks before this. And we will catch you next week. Bye. See you. Adios.